0: This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com I have been perplexed these last 24 hours. I have been really wrestling with the question of why. Why? Why did this happen? Why wasn't this averted? Good morning, Mike Parrott here, host of Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be. Uh, every 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday, we are here with you. Um, and today is the fifth day of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. It is Thursday. I love Thursdays. You know why I love Thursdays? Because it's almost Flat Earth Friday. That's when we got to die. We, we just get to go a- around the plane. Across the plane in circular fashion. I don't care if we go clockwise or counterclockwise on top of the pancake on Fridays. We're one day away from that. But today I got to stick to the talking points. And we're going to talk about American politics today. Why? I've been perplexed by this. Broadcasting from the heart of America. You can email me the answer to the why question. Restoring the faith media at gmail.com. But why didn't the Democrats swoop in and save Kevin McCarthy? That's what that's what I don't understand. I don't understand why he couldn't find five or six or seven Blue Dog Democrats who could swoop in and save the speakership. Think about all of the possible deals he could have made with Democrats. Secret deals that you and I don't get to know about. That would never have been published. Think about the negotiations which could have been happening behind the scenes. He could have sold the farm. I don't know why he didn't do that. Or maybe he tried. Yahoo News put out a piece today entitled, Why Didn't Democrats Rescue Speaker McCarthy? Kevin McCarthy, by the way, you know this already. He was ousted. Why wasn't his ouster averted, is my question. January 6th is their answer. After the deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021, started by a pro-Trump mob intending to overturn the 2020 election... McCarthy seemed to acknowledge that a dangerous line had been crossed. Trump, quote, bears responsibility for the riot, he told House Republicans, after the failed insurrection. Okay. I, before we even go on, the, after the deadly riot, yes, it was a deadly riot because the government shot Someone! At the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Started by a tro- pro-Trump mob. Was that really a mob? It was pretty peaceful. I knew people who were there. Not a mob. It's a collection of vote-harder boomers. Intending to overturn the 2020 election. Overturn? Or straighten it out? What are you talking about, Overturn? McCarthy seemed to acknowledge that a dangerous line had been crossed after the failed insurrection. Oh, you're going to see an insurrection one of these days. In these United States, I predict that I will live to see an actual insurrection and people will look back at January 6th like that was child's play. This is just boomers with MAGA hats standing around at the Capitol building Complaining. Apparently, by the way, uh, I just spoke to a priest who was there, actually there, uh, over the weekend, and I didn't know he was there, and he was telling me that um, the, the mood of the crowd was pretty serene, peaceful, you know, people were like, hey, we miss you, Trump, we can't believe this is happening, this is they're stealing it from you, won't you do something about it? And when he said there was a a definite turn in the character of the mob, there was a definite uh, pivot once it became clear that Trump was just going to give up. Once it became clear that he just wasn't really going to fight it, he only wanted them there as some kind of political stunt or to send a message they felt like they were being used. That is when the minds of a few of them turned, and they said to themselves, "Well, if he's not going to fight for his own presidency, then what are, what the heck are we even doing here?" So there was there was a demoralizing moment when it when it did become clear to the folks on the ground there that Trump just wasn't going to do anything about. The stolen twenty twenty election. And this priest who was there, I trust him, uh, was relaying the fact that yeah, some people said, okay, well let's go inside the Capitol, and he didn't. He was like, Yeah, that's probably a bad idea. I I, I probably better just kinda go home. He said he met the guy with the horns. The guy with the horns saw him in his cassock and said, hey, father, how are you doing? Seemed like a normal guy. Had no idea that the guy with the horns was actually <laughs> going to go inside and do the photo ops. He was escorted in by the police, of course. This uh, this angry, violent mob was was just ushered inside. Oh, go this way. No, 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 go this way. Oh, okay, great. The article continues, but he changed his mind after a visit, he being McCarthy, changed his mind about January 6th after a visit to Mar-a-Lago three weeks later. McCarthy believes it's in his interest to be on Trump's good side, political reported at the time. By the way, just being summoned to Mar-a-Lago by the former president does not mean that somebody's mind about an issue gets changed. And speaking of January 6th, I have to relate to you a very weird story for me personally. So there's this guy who I know was military intelligence at one point. I don't know what he was doing on January 6th, 2021. I have no idea what his day job was. I had lost track of him since we were cadets together in school. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. I still have the messages. And his messages were, I I, I barely even have any recollection of knowing who this guy was from our cadet days. But I looked at his LinkedIn profile and could tell that he was former military intelligence of some kind, army, I think. And he reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, "Hey Mike, I see that you have developed a pretty large following and at the time that was true. I was doing regular podcasting on Restoring the Faith Media. The rundown was it was sort of peaking in its in its importance because we alongside with the King Dude, I think we're the only two Catholic news organizations that saw right through the scandemic from the beginning and called it out for what it was. The king dude was breaking news about it. I was breaking news about it. Some of the news I think that I broke, which was significant, was the bailouts to the Catholic Church. The hush money, the $3.5 billion, sprinkled around via PPP loans and other grants. The king dude was busy cataloging every single day all of the inconsistencies, irregularities, and hypocrisies with the scamdemic. You have to wear a mask when you walk around in the restaurant, but when you sit down, you can take it off because COVID only spreads at an altitude of six foot off the ground. Once you're three foot off the ground, COVID is no longer transmissible. You have to wear a mask uh, if you're going to stand in line, but if you're going to peacefully protest, i.e. tear cities apart, you don't have to wear a mask. You have to social distance, you have to keep apart, but unless you're expressing your First Amendment rights under the law to tear your neighbor's buildings apart because of St. George Floyd, etc., etc., etc. So, by the time we got to January of 2021, I was probably reaching, I don't know, 10 or 20 or 30,000 people a week. Mostly in the United States, but throughout the Anglosphere. And this guy reached out to me and was like, hey, we're planning a rally on January 6th. Would you like to come? And I looked at it and I thought, well, I don't know. I've been. I had been traveling a lot. I had been working on some things. This was. This was before. Christine Nazi Niles had entered my life. I was still working on film stuff. Doing a lot of traveling. Doing a lot of pitching. Doing a lot of producing. And I just. I. I just didn't have it in me. I just didn't have it in me. First of all, I didn't care that much about the Trump Biden thing because. By that point, I had realized that they're just going to steal no matter what. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And number two, January 6th is a high feast day in the traditional Roman Catholic calendar. It's the Feast of the Epiphany. And I wanted to be home with my children. I wanted to give them their Epiphany gifts and hear Mass and solemnly... Uh, you know, conclude that the 12 days of Christmas, Christmas Tide continues until February 2nd, which is Candlemas, so you still get almost another full month of Christmas Tide. But Christmas, the season, concludes on January 6th. This is when the, uh, the, the, the three kings made their journey to adore our Lord they made a two-year journey in 12 days, miraculously, the three holy kings. Um, so I I declined, and I said, well, I don't think I can make it. He persisted. He said, listen, I'll pay for your flight. We'll put you up in a hotel room. We just think that you should cover it. Bring your podcasting stuff. We want you to cover January 6th. I said, who's we? He said, I run security detail for Sidney Powell. She wants you there. We're looking for good American conservatives with cameras to be there to cover it. Ladies and gentlemen, I was propositioned probably by a federal agent who was begging me to come to January 6th because I have a conservative podcast or had an active one at the time. I don't really... RTF is kind of sitting in a limbo state right now. I'm very busy. I make time for the king dude. I'm, because he called and he asked. And I said yes. I make time for you at the Crusade Channel. I love doing this. I love the hour of live radio every day. But I don't make much time as a result for, like for, for uh, uh, Restoring the Faith Media. At the time, I was doing that a couple times a week. I was doing about five hours a week because I would do two-hour shows a couple times a week. This is much more structured, more regular, more predictable. I like this format. I love love being with you every morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. I love the fact that The King Dude has built a safe place for counter-revolutionaries, for reactionaries... To speak our, our minds. Even if we, and, and here's the beautiful part. I know that uh, the king dude doesn't agree with all some of my hot takes. And he never reaches out and says, hey, don't say that. He never once, never has come out and said, hey, you can't say that here. We can have gentlemanly disagreements. And I admire that. About uh, the king, dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm much happier spending my time here with you, uh, than, than doing the whole YouTube thing and trying to censor your words and, you know, going being be a be in a one man show. Now, I was propositioned because I, 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 my the one man show was doing well in 2021. I believe that it was a federal agent pretending to be a former friend. A classmate who who who's desperately trying to entrap somebody like me to show up to January sixth to the Capitol and do something dumb. I think that's what the game was. I think that's exactly what and and the only reason, two reasons, why I didn't go, it wasn't like I didn't have a spidey sense of like, oh, this is this is a this is a false flag operation that I'm getting tricked into. I wasn't I I, I wasn't smart enough or intuitive enough at the time to think that this was a sophisticated deep state operation to which I had just been personally invited. <laughs> no, the two reasons I didn't go was number one is Christmas tide, and number two, I was just tired. I couldn't imagine getting on a plane and going over to Washington D.C. for a stupid rally. I think even we were we had planned a uh, we had planned a trip later that week to go down to our cabin, and we were just trying to lay low that week. Well. Boy, am I glad that I was tired on the week of January 6th in 2021. Because here's the thing about mobs. And this is something that I think all of us really need to be careful of. Because those of us who are here and awake and listening to the Crusade Channel... Those of us who are around, we have to know ourselves. We need to know our own limits. We need to know our own weaknesses. Those of us who have had the courage to listen to the Crusade channel, to show up to the Crusade channel Conferences, events, congresses, etc. We're the ones who get thrown out of Costco for not wearing the Fauci diaper. We're the ones who got fired from our jobs for not taking the Fauci vaccine. The Fauci ouchie. I used to call it the Fauci ouchie on YouTube when I had to censor my language. We are the ones who withstood an enormous amount of social pressure, political pressure, financial pressure, psychological warfare. We are the ones who endured. That means that we are the strong personalities. We are the counter-revolutionaries. We are the counter-culture. That also makes us susceptible to our irascible Appetites. Our irascible appetites, those temptations which are remote goods. In our irascible appetites, we have to control those things by the cardinal virtue of fortitude. And fortitude has all these magnificent sub-virtues such as courage, long-suffering, patience. Things that frankly I'm not very good at because I am somewhat irascible. I seek goals, and I try to achieve them. So do you. So do you, because you wouldn't be here if you weren't that way. And I think that irascible people can be swayed more easily by the by the mob a mob is a very serious thing a mob is like a spiritual entity unto itself the interesting thing about a mob is that it it loses control you you cannot control a mob so many historical Moments, even just in the history of our young nation, have been turned by the movements, the actions of a mob. How about the Boston Tea Party? This is a mob. This is a mob shouting, fire, 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 egging on the Redcoats to the point where one of them actually thought that he heard his officer shout fire. And so he did. He did what he thought his officer had told him to do. John Adams successfully defended the Boston Tea Party redcoats and exonerated them for that particular crime. And he made that argument that mobs are dangerous. Mobs are uncontrollable. Mob rule is no way to be ruled. Uh, It certainly begs the question what democracy is, if mob rule is bad. But you cannot control a mob once it begins. It has its own own spiritual component to it, and people are carried off by their lower, beastly appetites. We've seen Antifa mobs, acorn mobs, we've seen alt-left mobs, And they are prone to do things that individuals would be less likely to do. As an individual, I know that I'm never going to try to break into the stupid Congress bill. Why would I break into Capitol Hill? Why would I go into Nancy Pelosi's office? I I, I might get infected by a demon if I just walk in. I don't even want to go in her office. Me as an individual, I would never do that. I would never climb through a window of the Capitol building. As an individual person. But if there were 5,000 of us, I could see the, the, the strong temptation of going along with the crowd. And this is why it is so easy to manipulate a mob, it is so easy to provoke a mob. It's also easy to lose control of a mob. A mob is a group of people who are being agitated and being manipulated by their emotions, by their lower passions, by their irascible appetites, who very often, collectively, combined, will do something that individuals won't do mobs are dangerous mobs kill people mobs break things mobs destroy societies mobs are generally to be avoided think of the mob chanting in front of Pilate we have no king but Caesar crucify him crucify him crucify him Give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. The violent rapist murderer. We want him free. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. We accept the blood curse. His blood is on all of us and our generations. That is mob rule. The Pharisees played the same role that the feds played in January 6th. The Pharisees stirred up and controlled the mob. They directed the irascible nature of the mob to, to, to seek something which they individually would never seek. I believe that many members of that mob many members individually would never have wanted to free Barabbas over freeing our Lord. Barabbas was a violent criminal, a murderer. Our Lord was walking around healing people preaching love and truth. Individually, in a a rational state of mind, over a cup of coffee, very few people in that mob would have chosen Barabbas. Yet, in the context of mob rule, they were stirred to their lower passions... and what happened happened january 6th same thing i'm not crawling in the windows but if there are 5 or 6 or 6 or 10 or 20,000 of us i know that i'm going in i absolutely know you know saint augustine says you have to know yourself know yourself i know myself And I'm telling you, if I see the King Dude climbing in a window, I'm like, I got your back, brother. I am right behind you. I'm coming in that window too, King Dude. Let's go. And I know the King Dude's not going to go climb in that window by himself either. But I do know him well enough to know that, hey, you know what? If there's 10,000 of us, if there are priests going in there, if we see banners of the TFP going in there... If I'm hearing like an Irish war cry in the background, maybe some bagpipes are playing. Someone's banging a drum. I see American flags. I'm pretty sure the king dude's going in that window, too. (laughs) And if he's going in, I'm going in. And if I'm going in, you're going in. Do you see how this works? We set aside our reason for a moment and we become ruled by our irascible nature. This is one of the weaknesses of the human condition. This is one of the weaknesses of original sin. This is why it's so important that we cultivate certain virtues which control our lower nature, which allow us to control our minds and our bodies with our higher faculties, our intellect and our will. Those are the two things that make us human. Those are the two things, those are the two components of the soul. The soul is the intellect and the will. Well, the intellect is darkened and the will is weakened by the lower appetites. I.e., namely, the desires that we have to procreate, to eat, to be comfortable, fear, anxiety, courage, all of these things, anger, frustration, pain. The lower emotions that we feel that become precipitated and take control ahead of our reason and our will, i.e., prudence and justice. You see, the Catholic Church knew what it was talking about when it proposed that there are four cardinal virtues and that there is a very logical order in which we should be cultivating those virtues. We cannot exercise the higher faculties, our intellect and our will, governed by prudence and justice, respectively. Our will is making decisions, and we have to make just decisions. But we make those decisions based on the inputs of our intellect. And our intellect has to be governed by prudence. And prudence and justice fly away and depart from us in the face of strong temptations in the lower appetites. Prudence and justice flee in the sight of pornography, in the sight of gambling, in the sight of drunkenness, in the sight of adultery, In the sight of mob rule, etc., etc., etc. So this is why it is so important that we do the things that we have to do every single day, such as prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Namely, despising the world and the flesh and the devil. See, it's all connected. All of Catholic theology makes sense, All of reality is explained by it. There is no need to lean on any other explanation whatsoever because it is complete. It is integral to our lives. It is logical. And it is, you know, the the hardest part about it is just doing it. Every day. Just living it. Every day. Easy to talk about it. Hard to do it. I know this. I do talk about it. And yet I have to do it too. And I'll tell you, it is a lot easier to get behind this microphone and talk about prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance than it is to exercise those four virtues every single day and find ways, find defects, find the chinks in the armor and fortify them. That is... Aesthetical theology, I, uh, that, that is, that is aesthetical morality. We have to be doing that as Christians. Because you know what? I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't be behind this microphone. I wouldn't be with you here on the Crusade Channel. If I had taken that flight to Washington, D.C. I know that with 100% certitude... This is the Crusade Channel live talk radio the way it should be. When we come back, we'll finally get back to the why not help McCarthy. We took a little detour there, talked about January 6th, but I'm still very interested in why the Democrats didn't help him out. Don't go anywhere. Very short break. Come right back. Hey, I just met you Heard you're a groomer So here's your millstone Good luck, loser It's hard to look right When you're a pervert So take your millstone No kids will get hurt Gotta get these fools into the Bottom of the ocean Down in the ocean Alongside that Titan sub Gotta get these guys down to the Bottom of the ocean Throw them in the ocean with that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. Mike Parrott here. Parrot Talk, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Your favorite 10 a.m. Central Standard Time show here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio, the way it should be. Shorter segment now. I want to get back to what we were talking about earlier. I'm very, very interested in Kevin McCarthy. I mean, I'm just fascinated by this whole thing. We've never seen it before in our history. In the 10 a.m. Central Standard Time hour, those on, the, those on the West Coast, you're drinking your first cup of coffee right now. Whereas if you're back East, you might be on cup number two or three. Are you drinking premium coffee from shop.mikechurch.com, from the Founders Trading Post? Or are you drinking an unholy bean water? Dispense with it, I say. Toss it out. If you're buying Folgers, that's at least a venial sin. And even if you're buying Pete's, for Pete's sake, go to shop.mikechurch.com and buy a legitimate Catholic coffee. He's got three, four, five different roasts on there. Several different vendors. We need to be local. We need to shop local. We need to act local. Keep it in the Catholic community. Toss that bean water out and get some good stuff. Go to the Founders Trading Post at shop.mikechurch.com. McCarthy, quote, would not disappoint the former president. He opposed the creation of a bipartisan commission to investigate the attack. And earlier this year gave an enormous cachet of security footage from that day to Tucker Carlson, who at the time was using his top-rated Fox News program to spread lies and minimize the insurrection. Wait a second. Democrats didn't help McCarthy keep the gavel because McCarthy gave Tucker Carlson just raw footage of the events of January 6th? You're not allowed to have raw footage of the events of January 6th. You're supposed to believe our narrative and we're white hot mad about it. See how even Yahoo makes the concession that... The, the, the biggest sin that McCarthy ever ever committed. Yesterday, I walked you through his life. His his really uh, inglorious, forgettable, swamp-worthy, unimpressive, mediocre life. The life of Kevin McCarthy is a life of a mediocre swamp creature. In the Democrats' mind, the biggest sin that McCarthy ever committed was just telling the the truth about January 6th. Just telling the truth. He, he didn't even tell the truth about it. He just let other people tell the truth about it. Quote, Democrats have never forgiven him. No single figure is more to blame for the rehabilitation of Trump post 1-6 than McCarthy. The historian Garrett M. Graff wrote on X, the social media platform, formerly known as Twitter. His utter lack of honor and courage will be the defining thread of McCarthy's story in history. His cardinal sin that he committed, the unforgivable sin, was telling the truth about January 6th? This gives you insight into the mind of the Democrats in the Congress. This gives you some insight. If this is true, and I believe that there's some truth to this, this tells you that not only do they hate the truth, they despise the truth, but they desperately desire, they want you to believe. Lies and falsehoods about reality. They hate reality. They're part of the war on reality. We already know this because the Democrats despise the reality of the climate. They despise the reality of economics. They despise the reality of biology. They, they hate science. They hate God. They hate creation. They hate nature. So why would, why would we not think that they wouldn't hate truth? They hate truth. This tells you that the biggest sin that McCarthy ever committed was just telling the truth about J6. Quote, It was clear that Gates or another opponent would use that power against him. It was only a question of when. That power of being uh, one uh, single legislator introducing a motion to vacate the speakership. House Democrats have argued for months, if not years, that their Republican peers were not interested in governing and were, in this view, obstructionists, beholden to an extremist ideology. By letting McCarthy twist in the wind, they, were more, they more or less proved that point. See, this is the political reason why they wouldn't help him. And I think there's some truth to this as well. He looks very bad. McCarthy does. But it, does, it doesn't just reflect poorly on him. The Republicans look like they cannot govern. They look disorganized, disheveled, junior varsity as a result of all of this. I, I, I think that's true. I'm not saying he should, he should not have been ousted. I'm glad he's gone. He's an ineffectual, do-nothing, worthless swamp creature. I hope he resigns. But that doesn't also mean that it's also not true. I mean, it can be true at the same time that his ouster will, in the minds of many low information Americans, because we live by mob rule, low information mobsters, the American mob, the American Democratic mob, will certainly view this as unprofessional and a a level of negligence, disorganization, unprofessionalism. And they may question, well, are the Republicans prepared to lead? Are they prepared to govern? Quote, Kevin McCarthy has proven unworthy of presiding over the House. But the Republican Civil War is bigger than one man. Leading House Representative Catherine Clark, a Massachusetts Democrat, said after his ouster. Right wing MAGA extremism has enveloped the Republican Party and taken over the business of the People's House. Right wing MAGA extremism. Yes, extremism is so terrible. Don't be an extremist in any direction unless it's to the left. <laughs> Why didn't Democrats help McCarthy? This is what I I, I I go back to this. They could have controlled him. They could have had their own speaker. It was clear after Sunday's shutdown deal that McCarthy's speakership was on the line and that his best chance to survive was to make a deal with Democrats. But having done just that on Saturday, he concluded he could not do so again. Ha- quote House Democrat centrists held the key to bailing out Kevin McCarthy, Politico reported. Yet in the end, he gave them no incentive to salvage his besieged speakership. With no benefit for their party, Democrats declined to extend the ample lifeline they had at their disposal to save him. Was it a mistake? No, says a former staffer for a top Democrat on Capitol Hill, arguing in a text message to Yahoo News that for Democrats it simply wasn't worth it to save McCarthy. Quote, he's not a legislator, the staffer wrote. He's a power-hungry Republican who has had to repeatedly sell his soul to win votes. Can you think of any legislative achievement that Kevin McCarthy has achieved? Does he have a serious or significant legislative body of work that anyone can point to since being in the House of Representatives in 2006? We are talking about almost 20 years in the House. Maybe this staffer's not wrong when they say he's not a legislator. But others think Democrats are wrong to celebrate McCarthy's demise, because whatever comes next will be much worse for all Americans. Quote, Although Dems aren't to blame for this chaos, they have a moral obligation to strive for the best outcome for America. And based on the likely alternatives, Speaker McCarthy is probably as good as it gets, argued anti-Trump conservative Matt Lewis. I don't understand. So here's what they, they, they get a Democrat staffer to weigh in on what Republicans should do. And then they get a Republican to weigh in on what Democrats should do. This passes for news at Yahoo News. This is how people write articles. This gives you the leeway as the, as the author of the article to basically insert your own <laughs> exposition and pass it off as news. I, I hate all of it. Uh, I despise it. It's, 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 it's all fake news. And when you see what's going on, what's happening in between the paragraphs, in between the lines, it's, it's it's even more pronounced. But I do think the two points are very salient here, and I'll leave you with them. The two main reasons I think why, and I, and I can accept, I knew the one It's obvious to all that leaving him twisting in the wind makes you appear like you're the adult in the room. Never let let an enemy fail to self-destruct. Okay, so, all right, if the Republicans are just going to embarrass themselves, quote-unquote, which, again, I don't think it's an embarrassment, but many people will think that then don't help them. Decline to help them. Yeah, let them them flame out. That makes sense to me. But the real underlying truth of the fact that we can never, ever forgive Kevin McCarthy for telling the truth about our big lie about January 6th and the insurrection, he told Tucker Carlson, the truth about January 6th. He sent the raw footage. How could you do that? Nobody has a right to see the raw footage. Nobody has a right to, to the truth. Nobody has a right to make up their minds about what they saw. Nobody has a right to look at that footage and decide for themselves what really happened on January 6th. How dare he? He crossed a line, a red line, and for that he has the scarlet letter and for that reason not one democrat could prevent his departure it wasn't they had they could have controlled him for the rest of time they could have held everything over his head they could have got concessions out of him they could have passed the green new deal under kevin mccarthy but even that their 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 high religion of worshipping the earth, wasn't worth it to the Democrats because he committed the unforgivable sin of schism. He became an apostate from the statist religion which says that people have a right to make decisions for themselves based on the actual facts. He betrayed the special trust and confidence in government officials giving you the government narrative. And for that reason, he became persona non grata. That's why they didn't help Kevin McCarthy. And that's what's really going on in the people's house. This is Parrot here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Tomorrow, we go around the pancake. I can't wait to talk to you about it. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you on Friday. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.